and welcome to Canada Gay mm, Hunty. Here's today's top tea. Drag Race star Brooklyn High School that was rated in Bling Ring. Oh my god, Bling Ring style home invasion. Police weren't able to attend, apprehend, and suspect. The warrant has been put out for a breast. They got the robe de la verte Brooklyn Hen. <laughs> a été dévalisé lors d'une invasion de domicile à la Bling Ring. La police no so I think three episodes in, and I may be calling it early, but I feel like Canada's Drag Race's greatest appeal is this oddly pure chaotic joy and energy around really everything but i think at times sometimes it feels like like who who is editing this who is filming this and at other times it's just like pitch perfect chaos and i think this mini challenge is an example of pitch perfect chaos Agreed. I think what i love the most about this challenge is that all of the contestants and queens are kind of unhinged and the stakes aren't that high so, like, mm-hmm. they're not stressed out that they're not getting the words right. They're just like, oh, we just have to keep going. Oh, let's just make it funny. Like, when they're saying insert co-host name here, it's like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, yes, just, you know, make it funny. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And we see all of their personalities. It's fun to see them fucking up. It's fun that we're laughing with them. Right. Well, I think, you know, it's such an interesting throwback to season one of RuPaul's Drag Race when they had this challenge where mm. they all had to be news anchors and were screwing up the teleprompter and, um, you know, one of them, you know, I think like uh, Nina Flowers says like, and I'm insert name here. <laughs> and and it was the same spirit of like, the stakes are low. They're having a good time. They're laughing about it. Ru's laughing about it. It was, there were no shade noises in season one. And this had a very similar vibe. Yeah, which is odd because this mini challenge in stark contrast with the editing of the main challenge has two. It's almost like it was two different editors or two different kind of directors. Right. So, uh, yeah, I want more of this. I want more of this like fun loving. Oh, they're all great and they're all fucking up and it doesn't matter. And this is chaos in a great way. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all in like crunchy ant drag. Like it, mm. was, it was really. Uh, I agree. I felt like this was. It was like, oh, you guys figured it out in this mini challenge, and then we got to the main stage challenge, and it was, um, it was not bitch perfect. I would say. <laughs> well, I have to say, I feel like if you were to play anybody in this mini challenge, you would play Alona Verley. Yes. Uh, oh was, my God. It was Rose from the Golden Girls meets Julia Child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, this is. I I felt the same way watching her. I was like, this is exactly how I would be showing up in this challenge. <laughs> um, every time they do one of those like shady shots of one of the queens not lip syncing, I would or like not dancing. I was like, oh, there you are. Oh, I see you. <laughs> I see you, and I am you. But certainly alone. I mean, I felt for Alona a lot this episode. Uh, 
but I felt like her in the challenge. Yeah, you're yeah. not Alona there. Um. No, no, uh, <laughs> you are not Alona, but I am Alona in some ways. Uh, um, <laughs> nobody's anyway. supposed to be here. You're Alona. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, when she said tongue pop, tongue pop, tongue pop, I was like, this is Colin for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I also really appreciated, and I know that the comedy was in Jimbo, but it was Boa's reaction that made it so funny whenever Jimbo stole Boa's lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was like a great example of like each of them kind of like finding the note, find the note. Like, mm-hmm. I think they each found a note. It was, um, yeah, it was so much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, and, and J- Jimbo <clears throat> choosing Nancy Grace, right? Like, nobody mm-hmm. told him to do that. <laughs> no, and then stayed in character, like, with just Christian bailing it for the rest of the day. Uh, which I appreciated uh, oh, the commitment completely. Yeah. yeah, no, and I feel like that's very Jimbo that he would do that. I, 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 okay, if I may, just take a moment. It's also kind of you know obnoxious karaoke gay queer, right? Which I love, and you mm-hmm. know we can also hate and love at the same time because it is so gay. Like I love playing scenes, and then when the director, aka my friends, call cut, I keep going. You know, just because it's mm-hmm. extra. And if I'm a little drunk, you know, that's what I'll do. But uh, maybe that was more what I did in college and I don't really do it anymore because I am so aware and have been so shamed. But, uh, you well, know what sure. I mean? The power of shame. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, but yeah. I do love that, you know, it's like, yeah, he's going to keep going and it's funny and it's a bit and he's on TV. Right. Right. I think especially, I think that's the last, the, the important part is he's on TV. Um, but when you're, yeah, with you're just with your friends, there has to be this like unwritten social contract that everyone will either play along or you know what I mean? Like everyone else, everyone else has to figure out how to now respond when you're being Nancy yeah. Grace, but we're all just at the snack table. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, obviously, I'm exaggerating. I mean, I've done it, but mostly when I'm drunk and with somebody else, we're playing together, mm-hmm. um, right? And you know, people are watching and laughing, or we're just alone on a porch somewhere. But uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, it is a queer thing, I think, and mm-hmm. and can lead to awkward interactions where it's like, what is he doing? Is he still doing it? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, he's still doing it. I'm going to let him finish. Then I'm going to let your friend finish the bit. Oh, he's going to finish it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, uh. the the other thing I loved is uh, Anastasia, Starzy, which I just think is such a cute little nickname for her. Um, Starzy doing this Maya Angelou meets Miss Cleo uh, 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 newscaster. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, the gravitas. It was like she was on a different planet where the gravity's heavier. It was just a different star, perhaps. Yes. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she Anastasia. I mean, I guess that was kind of her running theme throughout the episode. Was like, oh, oh, she's stoic, and mm. uh, you know. This is a bowl of fun soup. You got to just, you know, loosen up. Take off that bubble coat you made, you know? <laughs> well, I do have to say, I want this mini challenge every week. I want this every week. This is why I yeah. tune in for this type of laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, and I, I think it's kind of what we were saying towards the beginning, is like the the key to this was that it was okay to fuck up. And that was kind of what made it special is once they started to fuck up and then how they navigated that. Whereas... Snatch game, for example, that when they fuck up, it's like, oh, you know, and then you've got like, you know, angst hands in your face, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's there's a different energy. I wonder if that comes from the rumors we've heard about how RuPaul is with Snatch Game. 
and this idea that RuPaul is like on the warpath because she wants Snatch Game to be great. And mm. there's that added pressure from mother. Right, right. She's she's actually kind of stage mother. She's both hosting and and, and on the sidelines. Get it right. Make right. me fucking laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother Marcos comes to drag us. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just Sorry, screeching I, I, under the floorboards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I I know where I am. Yeah. I've been in this Suspiria space because I saw this weird clip online of, of, I guess it looked like some sort of board meeting or, uh, I don't know, some presentation with flags in the background. And there were these, these uh, diplomatic men, type men, sitting like at those, at those hearing desks like that you see in uh-huh. Congress. And then in uh-huh. front of it was this woman doing Volk-like choreography. Oh, <laughs> and then this other woman to the right of the screen was at a pulpit, and then halfway through the dance started doing it also. <laughs> I, I, are you sure you didn't dream this? No, I mean, that is... No, no, I, I, yes, I saved it. No, I have it. I'll send okay. it Okay, <laughs> yeah, please do, please do. I, I love anything uh, vaguely Suspirian or... <laughs> Really, just someone doing an interpretive dance at a congressional hearing. Oh, God. I can't, ima- <laughs> can't imagine why, but... Anyway, why did we... T- oh, Mother Marcos, right? Mother Marcos, yeah. I have the giggles now because you got that reference. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scratching the nails <laughs> under the board. <laughs> <laughs> Of me. <laughs> In the sunglasses. I'm just picturing it as RuPaul during yeah. Snatch Game Week. Make me fucking laugh! I can't believe you! <laughs> All right, all right, we're calm. Uh, we're calm. We can't, we, we can't do this for much longer. Um, no. All right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Mary's, we're going to... Well, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Suspiria, sorry. Um, so yeah. I... Sorceria. Uh, we, we should jump into this episode, but before we do, let's tell our Mary's what they're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> More or less, they're listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. <laughs> Marco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcos. <laughs> Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm created with this beady, beady little TV show. I'm going to pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pause. I'm just and dying. I'm, and I'm Colin. I'm gonna cut this out. No, I'm gonna cut. Don't this cut out. it out. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> and this week, I feel like it's a potato sack race, and I'm just dragging a dead body to the finishing line. My name is Johnny, and I forget your name. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah.
And my name is insert co-host's name here. And this week we are continuing our recap of Canada's Drag Race with um, the rap battle. I don't remember the name of this episode. Oh, um, it's oh sorry a, about so, it. Not sorry about it. About it. Yes. Oh, about it. About it. Excuse me. Yes. Um, yeah, not sorry about it, uh, which is uh, not the first time we've seen queens do a, a lip syncing uh showdown on in the drag race franchise but is the uh the canadian version of that so um well, you know what i did love is that they combined kind of uh that uh, we've seen this before right where they do their own verses this is a newer version of a lip sync battle where they are writing their own verses and lip sync syncing to like a pre-recorded track yeah, so it's kind of like oh no she better don't mm. meets bitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. Um and I you know it's I feel like when like the whole thing of like being very apologetic and very polite like as an as a an American uh or as you know someone from New York I always think of like oh I'm just I'm saying that and I'm stereotyping Canada. But then when Can- when Canada says it it's like oh Oh, it's true. Oh, okay. So I guess it's okay. We okay. We can joke about this. Uh, do joke about that. Uh, and so it's kind of I don't know. I guess there's so many uh, stateside. There's so many kind of jokes at Canada's expense that it's interesting when Canada's like, yeah, no, it's true. You know, yeah, no. Train forty eight. It's really that bad. You know, like that kind of self awareness is kind of endearing. Yeah, I I also know that there's that politeness in the States too, right? Like in Portland, uh, particularly, and mm. uh, there's that Midwestern and Southern kind of like to your face, they're going to say one thing and then behind your back say, bless their heart, you know? Sure. Like, like Minnesota nice. Like that's mm. something I've heard. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. That is very true. I guess being both of us being from the East Coast, being from New Jersey, you know, just being from this part of the country that is not known for that. That's known for being a lot more direct, a little more like a little, a little more aggressive, but at least you're getting the honest truth. Um, kind of a version of, of, you know, I think Bianca Del Rio is a very extreme, but good example. It's like, she helped all the Queens, but she also read them to their faces. And yeah, I think you, you didn't like the taste going down, you know? Right. But you couldn't deny that. Like if you needed help, the bitch was there, you know? Right. And I think that's what I think about New Yorkers. It's like, they're, they're, I always think like New Yorkers are always happy to give you directions and will like show you exactly where to go to get to the subway. But part of the reason they're doing it is because they want to like prove how good they are at navigating New York, you know? So it's kind <laughs> of like, like they will help you, but they're not doing it because they're desperate for to, to show acts of kindness. They're kind of doing it to be a little, slightly a little arrogant. I, I say this of myself. You know? Yeah, I do think that there are people that will stop and help you because they have the time. And there are people yes. that won't stop because they really don't have the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. If they don't have the time, they won't help you. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and, and it's not because you know. they're a bad person. It's because, I'm sorry, I just don't have the mm-hmm. time. It moves fast I, here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the alternative is like somewhere else. Someone will help you and then say, oh, well, now I'm 10 minutes late. And it's like, well, then why did you help me? <laughs> But it's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Know. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's, it's interesting. I This is more of an Only Mary's discussion, but I was having uh, a, a glass of lemonade, essentially, yesterday because it was really hot. Um, socially distanced, of course, as they say, mm-hmm. um, with, with uh, you know, a native Portlander. And they, they in the middle of the conversation, kind of stopped me. And they're like, I just want to say I'm, I'm 
I just really appreciate your directness and how kind of just like to the point you are. And I was like, what? Like, how have I, mm. I don't even notice it, but I haven't really interacted with many native Portlanders to know exactly what it feels like when somebody isn't doing that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a feeling. That was one of the, the challenges I had when I was in California when I was in the SAC in Sacramento um, and you know, West Coast Mary's listening. These are, you know, broad generalizations. Don't feel implicated. But I, one of the things, the challenges I had was I felt like people were very friendly up front. But especially in Sacramento, I felt like I, <clears throat> I always said, well, they let you into like the foyer of their, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. They let you into like the foyer of their life, but they, it takes a while to get into the living room. Mm. Whereas New Yorkers are like, let me show you my basement, you know, like right, right away. Right. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll sit all the way down on it. Whereas in Sacramento, it's like just the tip. Oh yeah. yeah. They, the, yeah. Don't bounce on it. Just, you know, get in there. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's, that's, um, and I appreciate that. I think that at the end of the day, like I, maybe cause I'm used to it. Like I love like a tough talking older lady who calls me hun, you know? Mm. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, I have a question for many of our, our Canadian Marys out there obviously you know New Yorkers have stereotypes and this is a stereotype of Canada that they're embracing obviously but mm -hmm. it can all be true which is the which is the Canadian city that like I could visit to because I have not been to Canada yet and now I'm mm. very close to being to Canada which is very exciting to me um, yeah which, Vancouver super close which is uh, what is which city is kind of like yeah Nope, they're not really like that. Eh, politeness, yeah. eh, I guess so. In in a Canadian way, yes, it's more polite than say New York, but it's not what it's like in you know Quebec or it's not like what it's right. like in you know Manitoba. Right, right. Like maybe everyone's like really West Coast friendly in Vancouver, but then in like Montreal, it's a you know it's a little more because it's also got the French influence, and French folks can tend to be a little more direct as well. Mm, interesting. Um, so maybe. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe that's an influence. That's a good question is um, the the sort of regional cultural uh, temperature, so to speak, of mm. Canada. Cold. <laughs> Generally cold, yeah. Generally chilly. Yeah. But the summers are great, Mary. The summers are great. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, God. Well, now the border's closed, so we can't even find out. Oh, such a bummer. Um, so anyway, Mary's, uh, moving on to this episode... We have this rap battle, and there's some really cute moments uh, leading up to this. And I, I think maybe we could just start talking about the rap battle um, in general and, and, and how we thought it was. For me, mm -hmm. the problem was that the camera didn't really know where to look. It went from the singer to the background people too much. And, uh, you know, maybe that was to hide that the dancing was also kind of a mess. I mean, mm. many of the girls weren't good at it, but I also feel like the choreo was just a little too complex. Yeah, I mean, I I find step touch, step touch to be a little too complex. And this was, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm, like, I'm the Brazilian math meme, you know, whenever mm. I, for any choreography. But I, um, I think that, that's probably part of it is that it yeah it didn't seem to know where to land i i think as well the the girls i mean there were so many moments where i just i felt like the high school theater director being like cheat out cheat mm. out i can't see your face you know mm -hmm. and um and if you were to compare that to say like bitch perfect it's where they are 
way more, you know, facing out, facing the camera, giving those opportunities for the camera to catch them. Um, it seemed like a combination of the two. Like it definitely seemed they seemed like they were trying to hide a lot of missed choreography or missed like missed lip syncing or no lip syncing in some cases. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want to lead in or lead in lean in too deeply on Hollywood Jade, who I think is super talented, but. I kind of put that on to the choreographer. It's like, you know what? This is too busy. This is about their rap. We have to pull mm-hmm. the focus just to the rap. I thought that they should have been directed to not leave their little group area. You know, like keep the mm. groups kind of separate so that we are constantly only focusing on them. And then if there needs to be a reaction shot, it's okay, okay, reaction shot, and then go back to that the, the queen who's rapping. But there was... It, it was too spread out. It moved too much, and it didn't. Yeah. It didn't really work for me. And I kind of blame the director or choreographer in that sense. Yeah, I agree. I kept thinking about the judges watching this and thinking about just sort of the flat live viewing of this, and I thought, oh my god, this must. This must just be like, look at all those chickens, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it was. It was nuts. But you know, here's the thing: is like. This goes back to what I said at the top of the episode is like there is this chaos about Canada's drag race that I it it reminds me of people often show this clip from the infamous All Stars One Untucked when uh like there's just that like one minute and thirty seconds of like pure mm-hmm. chaos. Mm-hmm. And if you saw it out of context, it's just Oh, it's just fascinating. It's absurd. It's It's like, what is on my TV? Why? What is this? Yeah. What is happening? You know, Um, you want crazy? Well, I'll give you crazy, you know? And I, uh, I think that Canada's Drag Race kind of captures some of that just unbridled chaos. And it's not, quote unquote, good in that, like, we're missing moments or it seems misdirected or the choreography is kind of off. But in the lens of like, let me just like look at all these chickens. I, I kind of love the insanity of it I, because it feels so off kilter. You know, it's like, it's like RuPaul's Drag Race, but the ambience kicking in. You know, it. There's something <laughs> kind of off. You know, they mixed up their heart medication, and I kind of am enjoying that. Maybe because All Stars Five right now is is so straightforward and mm. so non goopy or chaotic that. This feels like sort of a nice kooky cousin of, of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race right now, you know? Yeah, I, I hear that perspective. I appreciate that perspective. I, I do love that this episode in particular demands multiple viewings, uh, especially during mm-hmm. the rap battle, because it's like, whoa, I didn't know where to look. Let me just fo- refocus. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the second time through, I was like, oh, that was really clever. And then I put the subtitles on and I'm like, oh, that was really clever. You know? Oh, so well, that's what's clever is put the subtitles on because a lot of these queens were channeling Charlie Brown's teacher. I <laughs> I know that Ralph had instructed them to, you know, enunciate. But I I definitely struggled with that. Where It was like, oh, a lot of this is giving me mayhem in the All Stars five uh, mm. variety show. Yeah. And, you know. It's also because the camera work was so busy and that you couldn't mm-hmm. really focus on their face and like look mm-hmm. at their lips, you know, mm-hmm. there yeah. was so much movement and that, that kind of bothered me. I mean, you're talking about this chaos is kind of being welcomed right now and I get that. And I also appreciate that. Okay. This is its first season and I appreciate the like 
they're really trying to figure it out. Um, they're also giving us a lot of goops and gags and nothing too predictable, which I think is really great for a first season that they're, you know, not trying to follow a script, darling. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if it's doing the queens any good. I, you know what I mean? Like I, w- like w- during the mini challenge, all of them, all of them did poorly, but did amazing at it right like it didn't mm-hmm. matter how and so in this challenge i thought that their raps were all presented really really well like in general if you just listen to it it's like oh they all they all sounded really great and they all looked really cute too but they it, they they weren't showcased in such a way that i was rooting for all of them and I, and for a first season of a drag race series for instance thailand or uk i'm like yeah i want them all to do really well I just want you mm-hmm. to show me doing them all really, really well and then let the goop be that, you know, the judges saw something that I didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in terms of what they present to the audience versus mm-hmm. like showing us them showing like making the queens kind of be an ingredient in the chaos. Mm. It kind of undermines anything they're doing well. Yes. Um, yes. That's I it. hear that. That's it. I yes. hear that. I don't want I hear the queens that. to be the ingredient in the chaos. Yeah. I hear that. I Yeah. I think it's it depends on how you look at it. Like I think we we tend to kind of dive in and like you know remember the human beings underneath the drag and kind of respect that and then there's just like the pulling back lens of just you know someone could watch like once Canada's drag drag race is over could be like oh that series is a hot mess you're gonna love it where like it's just kind of encompassed as a hot mess Mm. um and some people and like I could understand watching it from that lens but it still does suggest that the queens are also a hot mess and that's not necessarily true no, I mean, let's take one moment that wasn't necessarily the Queens, but Brooklyn Heights yelling Priyanka in the middle of the song was <sighs> terrible. I know. <laughs> I was like, Brooklyn. Shh. Shh. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> yeah, kidding no, that was, me? I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was not, um, I mean, it made me think of like RuPaul trying to like, mouth the words of what you mm, like from Tatiana's uh, same parts is in but at least at least they were supposed to respond right. at that point where right. no one asked for Priyanka for her to yell out Priyanka yeah. yeah she was just like what's my name what's my name blah 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 blah, blah. and then you know Brooklyn yeah. didn't get the memo and was like Priyanka <laughs> yeah it's like it was rhetorical Brooke <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I also appreciated, uh, or also, I did appreciate the French lyrics at the end. Uh, We got Mm -hmm. some translations from a Mary, I think it was Sister Mary Leah. Uh, Sister Mary Leah has been delivering. Merci beaucoup. Uh, Thank you. uh, That's thank you. (laughs) That's thank you. That's not... That's French that Johnny's speaking. Um, I do... He's American. I do speak French. I did pick up most of the words, but one of the phrases I didn't get, so I was happy, uh, trade. I didn't know what that word was, so um, I appreciated her kind of translating uh, that. Um, but uh, And also just another moment of appreciation for uh, Kiara, who I thought did so well in the rap challenge um, that it was kind of unfortunate that her runway was not as good, but... Kiki wanna kai kai, but none of these queens are my type. I'm like, work, girl. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and like in the rehearsal, I mean, that's like the other, the sort of the goop is in the rehearsal, a lot of these queens, including Kiara, it was like, oh, this is really good. It, it made me think that for most of these queens, they actually had the rap down yeah. and they had the lyrics down and the, and could deliver that. But I think it was then once they added in the complex choreography and it seemed like maybe not enough rehearsal time to get all mm. that down that one kind of suffered. And so, yeah, I think if like when you think about Bitch Perfect, the choreography was so much simpler and it kept them kind of each in their in their quadrants of the stage. Um, but it also gave them the ability to just focus on the lyrics and the delivery and the character and the performance. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I do think you're right. I think the choreography may have been a little too ambitious. Yeah, it's all right. Maybe next time. Apparently, Hollywood Jade is the choreographer for the season. So hopefully there'll be another opportunity to kind of see even more kind of excellence from him. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I thought that Jimbo's character when he was lip syncing, you know, like somebody else uh, was Mm -hmm. hilarious. I thought of you because it was this like raspy voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And it was it was like the. Um, he had like the line towards the end of like about being passive aggressive. And I <laughs> I love like the queen who gets to have that line like that sort of it makes me think of um, I don't know why it makes me think of this, but it, for some reason it makes me think of Max in the Glamazonian Airways challenge when it's like, look over there, there's a woman on the plane. And then Trixie says, it's a man. And then Max says this. It's a woman. Like she has, has it like, no, it's a woman. And there's there's the it's like a certain note, like it's a certain comedic note that kind of like elevates above the, the rest of the bit that I think yes. is really funny. You know? Yes, yes. No, agreed. That was a, a really great challenge for Max, um, and Trixie for that matter. Um in going on with Jimbo, during the rehearsal, Jimbo also had like one of my favorite moments of this episode with uh the gay hands. And I was oh, just yeah. like, ugh. And uh, props to Hollywood Jade. It's like, yes, limp, very gay. The gayer, the better. I want mm-hmm. my, I want my gay hands, T Rexing it down the runway, like so faggy, like yes. bird, bird cage realness. Like, just do it, Mary. Pinky up. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me think of, speaking of Canadian, but it makes me think of Kids in the Hall. And mm. uh, I can't remember the one, the gay guy's name, but he he does that one really gay character. And he and he talks about, like, you know, what the, the gayest dinosaur was, the T-Rex. And he says, and I always remember him saying, with those faggy little hands. <laughs> and so that's what I think of. Oh, God. Yeah, I, you know, a, an alternative title for our podcast could be Pinky Up, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm just pinky just, up. Keep them up, girls. The beat goes mm-hmm. on. Keep them up. Keep them up. Yeah, keep them up. Yeah, <laughs> get them pinkies up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, mm, Let's, anything else strike we, you? Yeah, you want to take a break? I mean, I um, we can take a break and then maybe we can talk a little bit about Canada's squirrel friend Tracy Mel- Melcher, not Melkor. I was wrong. Melkor, I barely know or. Hey, Marys, let's talk about therapy for a minute. I could honestly talk about therapy all day. Same. I think anyone could benefit from seeing a therapist. Totally. I also think it's very easy to talk yourself out of seeing a therapist, deciding it's too expensive or too hard to find a therapist. Or just not wanting to have to go to the doctor's office every week. Especially now when it might not feel safe to even go outside. 
which is why we're big fans of BetterHelp. And that's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. You don't need to leave the couch. And it's super easy to schedule weekly phone or video sessions. Plus, you can send a message to your counselor anytime and expect a timely and thoughtful response. And if you want to change counselors for any reason, it's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. And no surprise, it's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy. And on top of that, there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com slash AllRightMary. That's H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's BetterHelp.com slash AllRightMary. And that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, so let's talk about Tracy. Um, what... What do we need Tracy? Um, I think it was like a Valerie Cherish moment. It was like a Moby, uh, and I'm gonna reference Moby again later in this uh podcast, but it was kind of like that. And it was just, hey, you're in the back lot. I love you. Oh, Tracy, oh my god, we're doing Drag Race Canada. Will you come? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I love Drag Race. Okay, come on, squirrel friend. And mm -hmm. I think that was basically it. And I th I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, I, again, another kind of Canadian excellence. Let's just feature. It's it's it takes a village, you know. And it's like, okay, yeah, come on, come on, this show, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it takes a province. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, she's gonna be, be. She'll be a regular. She'll be a regular guest. She wasn't just for this episode. And so that's what stood out to me was oh. if she, yeah, like she's going to be coming back a few times this season or regularly to whatever extent on this season. And that was like as a one off, yeah, especially if this is like something she does, then it's absolutely, it makes perfect sense. Let's bring in a friend. But as sort of this, con this character of Canada's squirrel friend, as this additional fixture in the room, I was like, well, do do we like it might be kind of I thought oh wouldn't it be kind of fun to just have like the guest host be a part of that you know I the way agree. like yeah you know I agree Kathy and Jimmy mm -hmm. and whatnot mm -hmm. yeah. you know I like to think of guests on Drag Race is kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse right mm -hmm. uh, and you know you have who was it Cowboy Steve and I don't know their names anymore uh, yeah. but you know those people that come. And Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy, Cowboy Curtis. Because uh, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> yes, heartthrob. My God. Mm. Uh, how can I forget? Oh, my God. Cowboy yeah. Curtis. He, yeah. That, wow. I'm going way back into, like, the depths of my sexuality. Okay. Yeah. He's your root. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is yeah. a root. <laughs> yeah. Personally, for me, it was conky. But, you know. That's a not cherry. <laughs> oh, cherry. I mean, I love a face I can sit on. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that does explain a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh I kind of think of guests like that where it's like, yeah, they come and they say hi and you know, and then that's it. They're just part of that episode and it's okay. And there is maybe one 
that is like the main guest that Pee Wee spends a lot of time with that episode, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think that if there was going to be a reoccurring guest on Canada's Drag Race, it should absolutely be Debbie Cox and not Ugh. Tracy Melcher. Debbie's Drag Race, I Deborah's know. Drag Race, if she insists, but. Let's talk about De- like that's a oh. that's a good comparison point. Was then Debbie Cox shows up and it's like, oh, do you do you want to come back? Like <laughs> you're great. Like you're so good at this. Mm. I she was like because obviously they now have this thing where the guest is kind of playing you know faux hosts. And, yeah, mm. exactly. And you know, in the past couple of weeks, it was like you know they 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 certainly did their best, but I think. Both of the guest hosts were like, "Oh, these are not these are not my shoes," you know. <laughs> um, but I thought Debbie was perfect. I thought she had the stage presence. I thought she had the the wink in the eye. I loved mm-hmm. her. Yeah, I think she totally got it. I think she's been doing this for years. I also credit Debbie Cox to contributing to gay male culture in a very mm-hmm. very heavy heavy way. Because not only was that song absolutely not, like, so important for female empowerment at the time and, and uh, just just gay men dancing to it in clubs and dancing to the fight against oppression, but the phrase absolutely not, I don't know if you are familiar with that meme of the dog owners, and they have straight dog owners, when a dog is doing something bad, a straight dog owner says, no. And when a dog is doing something bad with a gay owner, he says, absolutely not. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I can hear it. It's like looking over over the side of the couch and seeing the dog trying to get into the leftovers. Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. And then walking over and grabbing the dog, yeah. you know, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> absolutely not. Oh. Should I go to work in a miniskirt? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Or maybe absolutely. Yeah, well, um, no, if yeah. I go to work, sorry. Does yeah, that give you the right I... to flirt? Absolutely not. That's what the word absolutely is. Yes, not. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I love the conservative version of should I go to work in a miniskirt? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> well, it depends on what your job is, lady. Yeah. Debbie Cox, HR director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally an HR director. Oh, my God, Debbie. <gasps> Yeah. Uh, Should you go to work in a miniskirt? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's not. giving a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Next slide. Absolutely Next slide. not. <laughs> uh, uh, does that give you the right to flirt? Let me hear it, folks. Absolutely not. And then she repeats, absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, and then the smoke machine starts. Oh, what a great oh, yeah. HR director! What a great HR director! So anyway, I I loved her. I loved her her energy, especially with Kiara during the critique, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, she was just very present in this role. So if we're asking for judges to come back, yes, it is absolutely Debbie Cox's Canadian Drag Race, um, and yeah, I, I I do hope she comes back. I you know. We will talk about the lip sync, but just just in case people don't know, that is the perfect lip sync song. It is indeed the perfect lip sync song. I am, I was, I was a, 
that is a song where you you gotta just leave your tits on the floor. You yes. know what I mean? Like you gotta yes. just like I I need to see eyelashes in the parking lot. Like I need a shoe in the audience. I need you to just ring uh, out the rag, girls. Oh and my I god! Musically really... and lyrically, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't get that, and I I've been a little disappointed by that, especially from uh Tainomi where it was like you literally know the choreography you de- you were a backup dancer for Debbie we'll call mm. her Debbie now uh what like show us that like show us Valerie <laughs> like show us and I I was just a little bummed because I thought if we're gonna get an absolutely not lip sync then I I need to see like I need to see like a Monique Hart kind of performance you know what I mean mm-hmm Oh, I need to see Dita Ritz shutting yes. it down at the Scorpio in Charlotte. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I. <laughs> period. <laughs> period. Period. I, that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The. You know. Okay. Let's talk about this lip sync because uh, you're right. The music and the lyrics kind of beg, especially if you grew up with this song. Like when mm-hmm. this song comes on. You are you want to lip sync. You you want to mm-hmm. do every single movement. You want to like. M- there's a move. There's a the the the. Sorry, I'm gonna go a little musical here ish. Mm-hmm. The, the visual that I get with the the line, the lyric and melody and rhythm of should I go to work in a miniskirt? Right, like just that boom 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 mm-hmm. boom boom boom. It begs. The movement of like putting on a mini skirt, like mm, just kind of twisting into it, you know, moving your hips to the boom booms, yes. yeah, yes. yeah, and it's uh-huh. like ha ha ha, and I, yeah, I'm just like putting it on, and I'm getting it because it's skin tight, you know, yeah, and I need to wriggle, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's this like visceral wriggle to this song, and mm-hmm. I think that travels throughout this entire mix, and I did not get that from from these two. I will say this. It was almost there. It was almost there for me because I got to say, Anastasia Starzy, I thought she was so fierce. And I actually really loved it for that first half. I'm like, oh, bitch, just give us face. Yes, Mm. just stand there. Oh, my God, I love that idea of you just commanding that these are, these are, are, are demands that you're making from the stage. But... After about halfway through, I wanted it to come out and go fucking wild. It could be something simple and huge as like, I'm going to tear off this really huge heavy wig and then like streamers are going to come out. You know, something Mm -hmm. crazy where when she sings, absolutely not, right? Like that moment, like there was something begging for that and I didn't get it. I did not get it from Starzy. With Tainomi... There was this moment where the camera zoomed in on Tainomi's hips shaking on the word miniskirt, right? And uh-huh. it was it was so half-assed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. I well, I mean, and just to go back to to uh, Starzy, I I am not saying I'm not saying that she threw the lip sync towards the end, but she literally stopped lip syncing on those biggest notes and just pointed at Tainomi. And it felt to me like she was giving it to Tainomi. That's how it was reading to me. Because then when she didn't even leave a lip sync stick message on the mirror, I was like, 
you know, where'd you go, girl? You know? Um, yeah. I, you know, I will say the near, no mirror message. I was kind of like, oh, work. And then I was like, actually, that's, it's kind of shady. Like, at least put like yeah. a dot or an exclamation point or a star. Or a star. Or yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but, I, yeah. It was weird. It was weird how she mm-hmm. left. <clears throat> yeah. It, it felt like something had been resolved in her before the lip sync was over. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like, yeah, I'm okay with like a, a park and bark kind of, you know, lip sync. See Latrice Royale, natural woman. But I, I felt like as, yeah, as it went on, I, that's not what I was getting. I was just kind of getting like a park and idol kind of, you know, mm-hmm. lip sync. And I actually think that the hair was, you couldn't see your whole face. Yeah. And so if you are going to park and bark, I kind of need to see everything. Um, yeah. It just was disappointing. I really wanted like a, a real when you're gonna if you're gonna get this song, you you mm-hmm. just want to get you want to get more. This was but, very this was disappointing overall. Yeah, yeah. Deborah is sitting right there. I, I mean, know. we know what Dita Ritz did when Natalie Cole was sitting right there. Uh, Qu- quoth the Ritz, I did not want her thinking this drag queen, you know, fucked up my song, and <laughs> she didn't. She waved her goddamn hanky at it. You know, so, I. I, I I I just got to say about Starzy, I was actually surprised that they read her look the way they did. When she came out, I was like, oh, bitch. Mm, like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I was into it. I was like, this is a lot. This is conceptual. This works for me. I didn't need it to be Morticia. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the judging continues to be uh, I, interesting. Um and, and unpredictable, which I guess can be fun, but also like, huh, I, I don't know what the logic is here. I, I was reading a review where someone was kind of criticizing that uh, Jennifer Bowers Chapman kind of described Kiara as basic more than mm-hmm. once. And it's like, well, what is what am I supposed to do with that? Like that in a buck 50 gets me halfway across the park, you know, like yeah. oh, how, I need more than that. And so I think I mean, that is as much as we're loving uh, Yes. Now that I know that Deborah Cox is Canadian, like, oh, my feelings have grown. Oh, oh my God. But like <laughs> as much as I really am loving Debbie Cox and still appreciating Stacy, you know, Brooke is kind of still doing the same th- thing for me week over week. This week, I really focused on Jeffrey. And and I'm I know that Brooke is kind of feeling like a runner up playing mother and hosting. But. I need Jeffrey to stop with the RuPaul impression and just be himself because he's very charismatic and very charming. And I feel oh. like he's turning that off mm-hmm. to do this, like this, you know, faux RuPaul thing that I like nobody asked for. Agreed. I, it's very hard for me to criticize, uh, JBC, um, because I think he is just so fucking adorable like i just like when he dances at the end to mm-hmm. wear it well or whatever like i just think he is so goddamn cute um and when he gagged about debbie cox singing mm-hmm. to him i was like oh my god i just love you but uh but you're right nobody's asking for the rupaul impression and it is definitely coming from jeffrey bird chapman and and brooke i mean brooke actually quoted rupaul this episode like like said uh-huh to quote yeah paul it's like girl stop it yeah <laughs> even even one of the queens in the workroom was like no let's not make any references to rupaul's drag race they were our own show when they yeah. were coming up with lyrics it was like exactly and i think to your point about about jennifer bowers it's like well when he was dancing or when he was queening out about deborah cox it was like 
this like this is what i want to see like this is how you are when you and i hang out you know like this mm-hmm. is what i this is what i want more of yeah and, like, like what makes he... you such a fun guest on rupaul's drag race exactly when he was gagging over moose knuckles right like that little yeah. moment that he had there i was like okay yeah, keep this run with this jeff mm-hmm. jeff like you can you can be friendly he might not be a jeff we've talked about this <laughs> he's he's a jeffrey um like i think that it's like when he kind of has like the Ross Matthews role, like in the mini challenge, like I think there it's like, if you, you can play that note and still be a judge and still criticize these Queens on the, on the, you know, main stage. But when you're, when you're there at the judges table doing the, um, that, that sort of inflection, it just is so clearly put on. And if you don't wear it well, then don't wear it girl. You know, it's, it's different than RuPaul putting on the impression of RuPaul, right? Or of whatever she is quoting, which is many, many things. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a direct... You know, from mother, and it it it's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's too That's obvious. a good point. Is that like RuPaul is putting on the Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford kind of voice, but then here's Jeffrey Boyer Chapman as RuPaul as Faye Dunaway playing Joan Crawford. Like mm. it is, we've it it's yeah, it's too diluted at this point. Um, talking about these runways, just because if we're talking about being you know Jeffrey critiquing Kiara for being basic. I do mm. have to say, to his point, like, she did kind of come out in Kine's look, didn't she? <laughs> oh, oh, Kiara, yeah. I was like, we've we've seen this before. She knocked the balls off and said, this'll do, pig. <laughs> and I, I agree. I thought, <clears throat> if I were Kiara, once I saw Kine's, you know, uh, disco, uh, disco inferno look, I would have been like, ugh. What else do I got in my suitcase, you know? Mm, definitely. So the winner was Priyanka. And again, with Drag Race Can- or Canada's Drag Race, I'm kind of like, yep, all right. I don't know who's going to win. Um, sure. I thought that, you know, the story of Priyanka this episode was certainly important and it made sense for her to have this win, uh, especially mm-hmm. this week. Um, but, uh, you know, what did you think of her look? I, I mean... I kind of felt like if we're doing a sort of cumulative, she was really strong in the challenge. I think that she had really smart stage presence, and I think that I, 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 she popped, and I could see why she was in the top for the challenge. But Agreed. then the runway, I was like, well, this is where I could see Boa having won again because mm. she was great in the challenge and was great on the runway. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were like, we just can't keep giving Boa all these wins, but she's, she's really doing well and i kind of felt like that was maybe the more impactful runway and in terms of like there was a drag to it you know like there was there was a wink and a nod versus priyanka was like okay oh it's made of hair okay like quoth the visage still underwhelmed you know yeah there wasn't much i mean it was it was a cool look and i didn't get a huge impact from it like i did from boas and i thought it was interesting when she referenced this twice. Brooklyn was like, ah, oh, bitch stole my look. I'm like, you're wearing the same colors. <laughs> right. Right. It's, that's it. Yeah. I, and I, I know it, it felt like there's nothing else. It's all you got, Brooke. Okay. Um, <laughs> really? Honestly. And then, you know, know. obviously uh, in the legendary words of RuPaul, I don't know who she is, but if it snows, who's she's going on my tires or whatever she says. Um, I, yeah. 
Brooke, okay, thank you. Uh, but Priyanka, yeah. yeah, Priyanka was great. Absolutely, I agree. And it should have gone to Bella. That, the, the impact of her look, I thought, was so much bigger. In a similar way yeah. that Jimbo's had a really oh. impactful look, where it was like, oh my God, that hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like took the challenge and dragged it up. And I think that's what stood out to me was some queens came out with a cool look and and a you know and a big wig. Some queens came out in looks made of hair. And then someone like Boa or Jimbo was like, Okay, got the note. I'm gonna do this. And mm. what about this? Like <laughs> what about this? Yeah, well what about this? What about this? And and I think that that's like that's always going to jump out to me. And I think that's why Boa is doing well is because she's um, she she's just she's her approach is clearly different. Her and Jimbo, their approaches are clearly different and somewhat elevated so far from a lot of the other queens. Yeah. And I, I have to say I was super impressed this week with Alona. I mean, that. Poodle oh, look, yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, Alona in the main challenge, I think, would also be me. Um, oh, sure. That <laughs> was the her record. downfall. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the look was great. I mean, the Alona story, I was thinking about like that feeling of being picked last. And there was just this very specific emotional state when they were all in a group together. And she was like, you know, just in her feelings at the beginning. And I was like, oh, boy, so many of us hey, mm-hmm. know exactly what this feels like. And you're like, I just can't cry in front of these people. I just can't cry in front of these people. But, like, I, I'm, i like, all I can think about is how no one picked me. And Ugh. I just, I really, I do feel for Alona as a kind of underdog. I think she does kind of give me the same feeling I had about, like, a door in season six where it was like oh poor kid you know Mm. um where i want to see her prevail you know i want to see her overcome whatever challenges that you know she's up against each challenge you know like i i'm rooting for her and i didn't expect to but i think she actually has really won me over in the reality tv side of things oh i'm nodding you can't see me but i'm nodding profusely right now like Mm -hmm. that uh, for sure i i judged her very quickly because she came out of the gate being like, I'm just a batch. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and none of that has proven to, I mean, we haven't seen any of that since I don't read her as a bitch at all. No. I, I think she's a really, she's a good egg. I, oh. I really like Alona. And her, yeah. and her Instagram is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah. It's, oh my God, those looks. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Alona is one that I don't know what's going to happen to her. I will say next week, I feel like Boa might struggle or Alona might struggle. Um, Because it's it's a design challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you would think that Alona wouldn't. So maybe she won't. But I I wonder if that's kind of where the story is going. We'll see. Um, Yeah. I mean, I know that I I remember from the first week that Scarlett Bobo is not much of a designer. And so I wonder if the fact that she's getting kind of surprisingly highlighted this episode is really a setup for next week. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I, I was surprised that she got highlighted this episode. <laughs> yeah. Cause on both the competition and the reality TV side of things, she was kind of getting a, a, a subplot and yeah. I'm, I gotta be honest. I'm a little, I'm intrigued by Scarlet Bobo. There's something I actually kind of enjoyed her in the challenge. Um, I thought her runway was like, well, as long as you keep moving, no one's going to notice how basic this is. Um, but, uh, you know, like it's the moment you stop, it's just like you, you and Tainomi are, you know, neck and neck or, you know, buy a hair, you know. Mm, but I, <laughs> but I felt, yeah, if you will, um, it was a real tough decision. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I, I don't know. There's something about her energy that I, I am intrigued by. I think Scarlet Bobo out of drag has such strong facial features that it really kind of works in drag um, because she already has big lips and big eyes and a big nose. Mm. And so like once you paint all that, like it all just gets amplified. It's like, I know that we're not supposed to compare queens, whatever. We're mm-hmm. in a safe space, Mary's. Uh, it's okay. We see them for individuals. But um, I do get this Layla McQueen meets Dahlia Black meets Trinity Taylor from Scarlet. Mm, yes, I can see all of that. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see it like that energy, certainly. I think, um, oh, I love when someone gives me a similar energy as Layla McQueen. Mm, it's like that's a queen I always wanted to see more of. Yeah, you know? yeah. So hopefully Scarlet will kind of... Uh, grow on me a little bit i will say that i was certainly on boa's side in this little workroom drama Mm. that they're setting up only because and let me tell you if the editors did not include this i probably would be on team scarlet but they did show scarlet saying to boa boa being like oh my god i can't believe that you know brooklyn thought i was attractive and then scarlet's like till you took your corset off Oh, yeah, I remember I was that. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Because we don't see that her complaint is that every time she goes to Boa, Boa is like mean to her and like uses her for target practice. But then the only example we're shown is the opposite. That's interesting. Because um, normally, like, I'll side with the queen who's like, oh, just be nice to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when we don't see any examples of that, but we only see the opposite. It's like, okay, what are you telling us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I know, yeah, right, right. So it's it's odd, and I'm sure that there's validity in what Scarlett is saying, but it's like, girl, you're, it sounds like you're throwing it right back at her, so maybe you're mm-hmm. just, you're used to that banter, and, I'm, you know, they cleared out the air. I will say there was the the breadcrumb of Boa in the confessional being like, I just wanted to shut her up. You know, I just wanted to shut right. her up. So I said, you know, right. sorry. So who knows if that's going to continue. I will say this moment was usurped by Jimbo yet again. Uh, Jimbo mm. coming into the Mary phrase as a pizza queen. Um, j- just, True. I mean, two instances, right? I'll start with the last one that's simpler. But Jimbo snacking on a sandwich like he was... Like this little badger eating a piece of corn. <laughs> oh yeah, sandwich queen, pizza sandwich queen, <clears throat> pizza bagel. I love queen. a pi- yeah. <laughs> I love a pizza sandwich. I love a pizza bagel. Um, a bit of a you know a bit of a spicy panini, but uh, yes, uh, Jimbo's Pizza also sounds like a place that has great pizza. Yes, you know what I mean? Jimbo's Pizza. Oh, Jimbo's Pizza. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a slice of Jimbo's. Oh yeah. my god! And you don't know yeah. what you're gonna get. You don't, you no. just order a slice and they give you whatever they give you, right? Yeah, but they always have like a full assortment of spices, the, the red pepper flakes, the parmesan, mm, the, the garlic. garlic. Like, yeah, oregano. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah oregano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like a pizza place. I don't know if I've experienced this where you get it to go and they're going to like put it in the bag. Like if you don't get it just on a plate and they're like, oh, do you want to put any spices on this before I close up the box? Yes. I always, I always find that very sweet, but then I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's fine because I don't want them to like watch me putting spices on the pizza. <laughs> Oh, wow. No, that is a, a very good sign of somebody that gives you a box, right? That they know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, you probably don't have these fixings at home, right? Yeah, you want to dress this up? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a nice move. So um, I, that's what Jimbo's Pizza does. Yeah, uh, and then the adult in the room energy that Jimbo's given Boa of like, you know, why don't you just go talk to her? Like, this is just going to fester and affect your performance. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, just go talk to her. Stop talking to me about it. 
And yeah, ugh, Jimbo. Jimbo also in the workroom serving Moby circa Southside featuring Gwen Stefani. Mm. Oh, that is specific. Yeah, yeah. I uh, is this in terms of what he was wearing? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he was wearing those glasses and the fur coat. <gasps> oh, the glasses and the fur coat. And I think it was one of our Marys. I think it was Sister Mary Livia who said it was very reminiscent of. Um, Johnny McGovern back in the like gay soccer practice days, yes. which was a throwback. Boy, did that, but that was, it's not like I saw him and I was like in love, but it was like right the right point of my gay upbringing, up, upbringing. No one brought me up. Uh, my, my growing up gay where it was like, Oh, Oh, this is someone being really gay. They're not hinting at it. They're not yeah. like, you know, they're just being real gay. Right. Um, right. They're taking yeah, Freddie's Freddie's revenge, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and actually calling it out, you know. Right. Right. And and I, that did feel, uh, boy, did that feel like something at the time. Yeah. 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 Give me give me a bite of those moose knuckles. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Honk, mm-hmm. honk. Yeah. Mary and the moose knuckles. I'll take yeah. two. Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> What does Priyanka call them? Buffy Boofoo Boofoos? Uh, she, she has this funny phrase in the confessional, like Boofoo. Oh, boo-foo. yeah. Yeah, the little Boofoos, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Jimbo certainly hands down just kind of wins the gayness and adult in the room and pizza energy this episode. I yeah. Just, you know, he continues to give me this Sasha Valore energy of just like excellence throughout and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, are we just waiting? Are we waiting until Jimbo finally gets her day, you know? Right, like when what's Jimbo's challenge going to be that where she wins? It could be next week considering she did so well in the first design challenge. Mm. And it's funny with Jimbo is I I say she, but I'm also just as inclined to say he. It's like Bob the Drag Queen where the oh, name sure. doesn't cue me to a certain, you know, uh gender. pronoun <laughs> gender if you will. <laughs> You mean oh. gender, Mary? Oh, I'm talking about gender. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just call him Nancy. You know, Nancy Grace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, and it was a great Nancy Grace. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, definitely that's the definitely. that's the Nancy Grace we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. There's this like, I'm just like fe- totally feeling him as my sexuality. You know, as the gays say, like. Mm-hmm. Jimbo is totally my sexuality right now. Just like that Howdy Doody meets Woody from Toy Story in the confessionals. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't mind this obnoxious fur coat. Like, I just don't mind it. I'm kind of like, yeah. let me cuddle up in there. You know, what are you hiding? Yeah. <laughs> it's cold up here in the north. Yeah. No, there, there's a wink and a nod to it all. He's sort of in on it. Um, I also really, I, one part where I really identified with Jimbo was, you know, de- learning the choreography and there was a talking head where he was like, I do not like not being good at something. Mm. And I was like, oh, I know that feeling. I'm like, I don't like this. I do not like being seen as the one who's not doing well right now. Right. Um, I totally got that feeling. And it's like, I like I, I like to think that I handle that with grace, but I don't. Like, it's just, especially something like learning choreography. Ugh. That was my nightmare. Like watching Alona and Jimbo struggle, I was like, oh, how do you like, yeah. And and what I liked actually about that struggle was then when we saw the final challenge, they didn't do well in the choreography. Whereas a lot of times we see queens struggle with the choreography and they're like, okay, well, I'll get it on the night. And they kind of do, or the camera at least makes us think they do. Whereas in this case, it was like, oh, nope, that was, <laughs> you were just, you're just standing there in the back. Yep. I see you, girl. You literally just standing there. Jimbo just stood there sometimes. I was like, yeah, work. Give us nothing. <laughs> Yeah, go on, go off, girl. Give us nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Give us nothing. You want to be on Drag Race? Drag Race costs nothing. <laughs> nothing. 
Um, yeah, I uh, I certainly think that Jimbo could, in fact, already be our pizza queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's it certainly could be taken by the likes of like a boa or. You know, even a Rita Bega, who we have not spoken about this episode, Madam, as I'm going to continue Madam. to call her. Yes. Yeah. Rita Bega with cream cheese. Yeah. I. Davina DeCampo re- energy there. I'm just like, yes. Ugh. She's got such, such DDC energy. Yeah. Mm. I, um, I, you know, I enjoyed Rita this episode. I, it wasn't her episode, you know, in terms no. of like she wasn't really featured at all. But, um, yeah, she's, she feels to me like, oh, this is like a, this is also one of the strongest queens in the room, bit yes. of a front runner energy. And that like maybe later in the season, that's when we really get more of like a, a you know, a, a Rita Vega and enter- like narrative, you know, totally. And they keep, I mean, she won a challenge already. Like it's, mm-hmm. they, they, they're, they're calling her like, Oh, that's Montreal. Right. Is that what it is? Or Quebec? What is it? Mon- she's the, she's the Montreal queen. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, Oh, that reads to me like they're setting up for like a top four. I mean, at this point, if I were to call and predict like the top five, it's Rita Bega, Priyanka, Boa, Lemon, and Jimbo. I just feel like they're going to, mm. like that's, that's like a diverse enough and they're all really excellent. They're getting those kind of like skyrocket storylines like Lemon. I loved Lemon's look this week. I, I have to say, I mean, it's hard because Lemon also comes off as a queen that I'm just kind of like, oh, I wouldn't go see her show. But Ugh. she is she is so good, like with the with the look this week, at least. Yeah, I think Lemon there. Were, it was, you know, it's funny. There were there were points where I was like, OK, Lemon, like. <laughs> too many, too many squirts, like too strong. Like I just, I need, I need less lemon in my drink right sour. now. Sour, yeah, little sour. Um, but then there'd be other moments, like I think when they went back to, um, the untucked lounge, and one of the queens asked her, like, "Oh, were you surprised? Like, no one thought you looked like Groot's sexy mother." And she was like, "Yeah, I, I kind of wish they did see me as, you know, Groot's sexy mother." And she had this kind of like funny, like down to earth, self deprecating energy. It was like, "Oh, I like this lemon. I, yeah, I, this is it's less concentrated. You know, yeah. I like that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. There was a moment, a very small moment in the workroom where Jimbo was singing. Right. We heard Jimbo sing, which I just loved. And then mm. Lemon just like fluttered and then gave him a kiss. And I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> that. See, yes, there's moments where I was like, oh, I love I love a little squirt of lemon there. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, just don't get lemon in your eye because it. Burns. Oh, it do- <laughs> that is that is indeed very true. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of boys in Canada that can attest to that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting that we're getting a fight between Scarlet Bobo and Boa and that Lemon is not engaging in any drama like that right now. I kind of expected Lemon to be a little bit pricklier. Yes, I thought she'd be a little bit more of a of a shit stirrer, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, maybe that first week kind of humbled her, you know? Mm, yeah, and that's the story they want to tell or, uh, yeah. you know, that, that we're going to get. Um, the last thing we haven't really talked about is Priyanka. Again, she gave a, a a very queer story about not being out to her father and that the thing that she's most afraid of is him her father hating him um mm. which you know i think we can all kind of relate to um i did love the gag of like well i tell my dad that i'm dating a girl named priyanka and i'm like okay work <laughs> yeah that's i mean it's it was interesting someone i either priyanka said it or someone else said it like Something along the lines of, like, it's crazy because, like, everybody's out now. Like, nobody's in the closet now. And I thought, oh, isn't that an interesting – I mean, it's like a 
it's an interesting generalization. I'm not judging it as a generalization, but as like a general idea compared to like the 50s, you know, it's like, oh, being out is not as revolutionary of an act these days um, in a lot in as many places, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and in as many circles. It's easier to be out now than it used to be. People come out more, especially I think younger folks. I feel like coming out <clears throat> unless you have these like shitty parents or, you know, super religious communities like it's just. I feel like it's so like, okay, like I, you know, it, it does not feel like the stakes are as high as like, even when we were in high school, you know? And oh. so I just like that sentiment of like, everyone's out now. Yeah. It's interesting. You think about uh, social media even like, cause so many kids right. now grew up on social media. And if you come out on social media, there are thousands of people that are going to say, oh, my God, congratulations. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're fabulous. You look, look like Love Evangelista. You know, yeah. they're all going to fucking praise the fuck out of you. So you, it's a little bit easier to find a community, even if your parents are not okay with it, so that right. they can support you enough until you work up the courage to come out to them, and then it is okay if they're not okay with it. But, yeah, I think you're right for the most part, like in different pockets, because obviously this is – just pockets of of the world. Uh, it is it, it is not nuanced to come out. It's like, oh, you're out mm-hmm. and and what? You're trans. Yeah. You're non-binary, right? Right, right. I feel like the, I feel like the coming out now. It it's like there's so much more to it than just like coming out as as gay or or bisexual. But it's people coming out with their gender identities and um and I think to your point, social media has changed the game because yeah, you can come out on Twitter and immediately find support and like people who are into that. Other thoughts on uh, Canada's drag race, not sorry about it. No, I, I think we've I think we've covered everything. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about Jimbo's sandwich, so I'm I feel like everything else is just gravy. Um, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with this episode, but uh, I like continue to recognize uh, where part of what I'm appreciating appreciating about Canada's drag race is. Uh, this sort of slapdash, slightly underbaked in the middle quality that is starting to become part of its charm for me. I have to tap into the aesthetic. I, for me, it, I'm kind of like, no, I want you, I want you to have more of an identity, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm getting it. I am getting it with these guests and with the, you know, the the French and some of these challenges, these queens. I am getting it, and uh, it's taking a little longer than I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I think it'll be interesting when we get to the end of the season to see if like, oh, like if someone were to ask us, oh, so what is like, what's the aesthetic of Canada's Drag Race? What's Canadian about it? Like we were quizzed. Uh, I couldn't give an answer right now, but maybe by the end I'll have an idea. Sure. Well, Marys, if you have uh, any thoughts on Canada's Drag Race, you can reach out to us at All Right Mary on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Also or Twitter at Johnny Also one And, of course, you can find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. Or you can find me on Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of 
Best Supporting Actresses. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And uh, if you are listening to this, you know, in like July, it's probably because you're a Patreon and we love you for that. But if you're listening to this much later on um, and you want to become a Patreon, uh, you can, or a Matreon, excuse me, let's be real. You can just go to patreon.com slash allrightmary and we would love you for that as well. Love it, Mary. Well, we have a last chance lip sync this week that is very Canadian, and it's also responding to a call for more musical theater lip syncs in mm. the drag race sphere. Uh, this is from a show called Come From Away. If you don't know this show, it uh, obviously is Canadian origins, and it's about this uh, town, uh, this very small town in Canada. Uh, I won't spoil it for you. You can look it up, but it's basically, you know, about uh, having to do with what where the planes landed on 9-11. And uh, it's a really beautiful story and wonderfully staged. But this song in particular, I just love. It's sung by Jen Colella, um, and it's called Me in the Sky. So I think, th- I think this could be dragged up and made funny, but I'm also here for it as... Just a very serious, stand-and-deliver, beautiful lip sync. Yeah. Uh, I, a little park and bark. Park that plane and bark it out. I'm into that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, this one's for you, Anastasia. You're a star in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. A good one, Mary. Yeah. yeah they're not all gems. <laughs> Marcos! <laughs> <laughs> My parents must have thought They had a crazy kid Cause I was one of those kids Who always knew what I wanted They took me down to the airport To see all the planes departing Watching them fly Something inside of me was starting I was eight when I told him that I'd be a pilot But I was too young and too short And there were no female captains And my dad said, be patient He said, just see what happens But I took my first lesson Came down from the sky And told my father I'd fly for the rest of my life And I got my first job Flying for a mortician In a tiny bonanza Just a corpse and me Five dollars an hour Lying dead bodies I had to climb over their faces Just to get to my seat 